0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood podcast. This is Pritam Atma, author of the books Mystical Motherhood, Fertile, and Alchemy of Becoming. I present this podcast with either myself speaking or various guests that are going through issues I think that are pertinent to awakening and to growing as a woman and growing yourself to become a better mother, a better person for your family, your community, and also to clear generational patterns and not repeat neurotic things from your past. And so today's guest is very, very interesting. Story and I I asked her to share it. And we did the we did the best we could because it was a very sensitive subject. Um she was sleeping with a married man um for a, a long time and had a good relationship with this man. And she became pregnant and she reached out to me in deciding whether or not to keep this child because the experience of becoming pregnant with a married man's child was incredibly chaotic for her. Now on the other side of this, her AMH level was very low. That means her ovarian reserve, her, the amount of resting egg follicles she has is very low and she has a very low chance of becoming pregnant. I didn't know her exact number, but usually when you have a very low resting egg follicle and the doctor tells you you have a 1% chance of becoming pregnant, um, I explained to her in her choice that, you know, if she didn't have this child, she'd have to be, you know, I think she's around the age of 37 or so, she would have to be comfortable with possibly in the future using a donor egg. And she said that she was okay with that. I don't know if she really is now, but that was my big concern is, you know, this child, may be her only natural shot at, at having a birth. So there's a couple of things I want to speak about before I go into the um, conversation that we had together, which was very, very sensitive. And she did her best to explain her emotions around this. So she ended up not keeping this child and I support her decision a hundred percent. And we talked about, you know, her regret in letting go, but we also discussed how important it is when you make a decision, you sort of don't create chaos around the decision you make. So we, we speak a lot about how we continually create chaos in different parts of our lives and how we attract that and how that's our frequency and getting out of that frequency of, you know, whatever chaos means to you. Is it anxiety? Is it constant thinking? Is it, you know, it? what, what is it that you keep on sabotaging and, and remaining kind of lost and not in peace within yourself? So we talk about how, you know, when you make a decision, you stick with it. How do you maintain yourself and contain yourself in your emotional, physical, spiritual, um, you know, um, equanimity or neutrality or balance when the, your typical response is to go into the chaos. How do you pull back to protect yourself? How do you not enter it? How do you, you know, how do you navigate a world that's completely crazy and still be at peace within your heart. And this is an ongoing thing that you will all be challenged with specifically over the next coming years as we move into the age of Aquarius. And regarding making decision, I bring up a poem in it and I I read a bit of a text I got from a friend about, you know, once you make a decision, you just, that's your decision. And so you don't go backwards and think, did I make the wrong decision? Did I, you know, what, what's going on? you know, you kind of stick with that so that you don't create more chaos with the decision that you did make. And then we also, I also want to discuss age and fertility. And so I work at a fertility center and the biggest barrier to conception is for, is age, one of the biggest barriers. And there is so much misinformation out there regarding, um, age and fertility, and there's so much stuff around the wellness community and people that are like you can get pregnant in your 40s it's not a big deal it's it's so easy and it's it's really not and i i love all the things around like great nutrients and great eating and all these different things but for a lot of women it's not so easy and there's a lot of pain around it and there's a lot of um real a big struggle that you have to get pregnant in a certain way you have to get pregnant naturally or it has to be with the man you love and you have to wait for the relationship to have the baby And I really want to take a lot of time, I think in my next book to talk about all the different ways we can create family and how in the future this is going to become more and more popular and families are going to be created in all kinds of ways and this in this particular guest I have on today is one example of that potential to create family in a different way, you know, to have a baby. And she would have essentially been choosing to have this baby on her own because this man that was married wouldn't have been involved. So regarding fertility, as you get older, the reality is around the age of 35, the quantity and the quality of your egg reserve goes down. And So you may even, as you get older, around 37, 39, 40, we test, um, we test egg reserve using three methods. We look at your AMH level. It's called anti-malarian hormone. That's a blood test. We test day two to three FSH level to see if it's above a certain amount to, um, see, you know, if you're headed towards menopause or if you're, um, just in general, it's, it's another factor. It's another blood result that gives us a good number. And then we do something called a sonogram and it's intervaginal. And we look at the ovaries and we count the follicles in each ovary and we see, you know, how many you have. Now, let's say you have a lot of, uh, you know, a, a high reserve and you're lucky and that's, and that's wonderful. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're chromosomally normal. And so around the age of 38, your chances of conception uh, of miscarriage actually go to 50%. And so each month matters, each year matters. And so when my clinic, I see a lot of women coming in, I see a lot of things, but I see a lot of women coming in around the age of 45 and ready to get pregnant. And they're very, very surprised that they can't. And they're very, very surprised when I tell them that they're likely going to have to use a donor egg and they're often offended as all of humanity seems to be offended right now, but there's an offense. Like, why can't I get pregnant at 45? And there's just no education out there. And it, it's particularly concerning because there's so much uh, misinformation in the news around um, stars or famous people becoming pregnant older. Well, I can guarantee you that these 50 year olds, year olds or these 40 late 40 year olds are using either their eggs that they froze, or they're using um, donor eggs from another woman, which I'm a huge fan of. Donor eggs are basically taken from a woman in her 20s, and a healthy woman, and then they're mixed with either the sperm of your partner or uh, you know someone else's sperm, and then the embryo is put inside of you. And after you have a significant amount of testing by a certain age, you can take that embryo and essentially grow it as successfully as any other woman. But it's really the chromosomal normality of the embryo that matters, which I go, you know, deeply into fertile about the, the production of the embryo in relation to consciousness. But back to you know different things that come up in the clinic, like a woman may be dating a man for many, many years, and then all of a sudden he doesn't want a child. And she's 39 and she was waiting to have a child with that man for six years. And then they break up and she ends up in the clinic and she's saying like, help me. I don't know what to do. Right. There's um, women that don't want to have a child on their own, though they really, really want one. And then they wait for their partner. They find their partner maybe around the age of 40. And then the the two of them can't become pregnant because she's 40 and maybe there's some other things going on, but age is also a big concern around it. And they come into the clinic. Can you help me become pregnant? Right, so there's ways to avoid this, this freezing your uh, um, freezing your eggs, which even that doesn't guarantee a live birth, and there's the option of having a baby on your own, which is very very controversial and very very new, but happening all the time. Specifically in my area, New York, it's I there's many people that come in to use sperm donors, um, donor sperm is very popular, donor embryos, donor eggs. Um, And if you have any questions about this, write into me at www.mysticalmotherhood.com or at mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com because there's so much I feel like people are um, misinformed, miseducated, and I really want to take the neurotic tendency to try to control how you become pregnant and how you have a baby and take it away and have you work on your own neurotic issues and then then by the time you have the baby, you're less neurotic as you raise it. So I feel that people tend to, to, if they're not controlling their food, if they're not controlling the drugs they're imbibing, if they're not controlling the the people around them, then they're then control, if they're not controlling their children or putting all of their stuff onto the children, they're then controlling the process of how they think they have to become pregnant. And so I hope that my work by the end of my life takes a little bit of the pressure off of that. And Makes it known that you know um, there's all kinds of ways to have children: C-section, vaginal birth, um, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding. It's it's there's so I don't want to go in the polarity of each of these. You know, having birth with or becoming pregnant via a fertility center, becoming pregnant naturally. It's just how good of a person are you? Are you going to raise this child to be a better human that's going to change this planet? And what legacy are you gonna leave within that? All of these other details are just your chaos. And so this story is really profound. Um, Leave the judgment out the door. And Mystical Motherhood is about bringing in all kinds of mothers and all kinds of women's stories. And I so respect this woman for sharing hers and her power, learning how to take her power back And learning the way she gives it away and learning the ways that she can um, begin to love herself more fiercely, more deeply so that she can choose what's right for her body and what's right for her future and how she can, um, best grow into the person she's going to become. So I hope you enjoy this, this, um, amazing talk we had. Thanks. And if you want to buy any of my books, please go to mysticalmotherhood.com. All three of my books are there and all three of them can help you grow exponentially. All the courses are there on conscious conception and healing generational patterns and alchemy becoming, which takes you through the alchemical process of change. Um, my podcasts are obviously free and working with me is also available. And if you ever need private or... Um, even public talks. You can find everything at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. Thanks. Do you feel comfortable sharing your story without your name? I guess so. I mean, it's
1: so, it's like, what is my story at this point? Um, Close your
0: eyes. So you don't have to even share it in a weird way, but I found... That when you have like trauma, or when you have a secret, mm-hmm. and you don't like let it be known, and you don't mm-hmm. have, even if you just like tell to a therapist, or you don't, you know, like if it, there's a shadow part of yourself that's, it becomes an unintegrated part of yourself. Mm-hmm. you ever feel like that?
1: Yeah, and it's something that that I'm really struggling with this because I think there was a combination of crazy hormone changes that made me feel just like physically depressed. And then also this sense of regret. And also that I had shared this with a lot of people. And so I found myself sort of like wanting to hold on to, well, quest like looking at how I was going to hold reverence for this experience and for that spirit that joined me, like walked my path with me for a while. Um, and I was, I, I felt like I kept sort of like going to this place of sadness and I was like, well, I don't want that to be how I honor this being, but it was like this just intense physical feeling as well. That has somewhat passed as I think the hormones have somewhat passed. Um, I don't feel as much in this intense, intense physical, like depression, Um, but it's still there. I mean, like if I go out and have a glass of wine with friends, I'm like, I'd rather be at home with morning sickness or something. Um, and the other thing that comes up for me is that I don't, I don't want to come across as like being anti pro choice or I don't know. Like I was having all these feelings of, of regret that I sort of surprised me.
0: Can can I tell your story, or do you do you? Is sure, it comfortable as sure. much as I know,
1: or do yeah. you want do you
0: want to tell it? Um, and then
1: and then from there, i like ahead. I feel like my story is is like the story of like indecision, like that's where I feel like what lingered is that I still feel like I'm trying to make a decision right now, and I feel like I still have this like trauma or not trauma, but like that I'm still. Get super anxious around decisions because maybe because of that experience and everything feels like heavier, I don't know, sort of like connecting with what my truth is or what what I want or not letting other people down, right? Like separating out other people's influences from my own.
0: There's several things with that. So with what's going to happen today is I'm going to talk and then I'm going to listen and I'm going to see what they want to do. Which is always they
1: being the guides.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know every time it's completely different. So you yeah, yeah. never know what people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know. Um, but it's really magical. <laughs> but but for your story, I think one thing you're really missing here is is you you also lost the man.
1: I did, but also it's weird. I mean, I ran into him at the grocery store and I was like, it sucks that you like I felt like I was harassed almost every day by you telling me to do this and now I haven't even heard from you so then he like came over and rubbed my feet and I'm like oh my god am I am I like I'm looking at those patterns in myself too of like probably not the healthiest person to seek comfort
0: from and yet that you're walking back into the fire. So th- may I say that what happened? And I haven't slept with him. I haven't slept with him.
1: But I was like receiving support or whatever.
0: You love him, and
1: no, I don't know if I. Yeah, I mean, we have a deep friendship. It never, it never was something that I thought would manifest or like you know transition into something bigger. I, I was really clear on where the boundaries were.
0: So this man is married. This man is married. And he has a child. He has a child. And you became pregnant with his child. Correct. And then you let the child go. Correct. And I met you when that you were making the decision of whether or not to have that. And that, and part of the story that's also was important is that your AMH is very low. So the so the egg, the egg physiology or the amount of resting egg follicles is low in our guest. And so she, I I think this is a profound story because I want to talk about the indecision. Like, have you had that? So you made the decision not to keep the baby, but you were also in a moment of chaos. Mm Mm-hmm. And you let the people outside of you make that decision for you, not that inner knowing, correct? So you went to other people and asked for guidance, part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Or did, did you do you think you created your own chaos to make that happen?
1: I think it's both. To be honest, I think reflecting back, the fact that I listened to, ultimately it was my choice, right? The fact that I listened to people who would support me in not continuing the pregnancy. I, Whatever it was that was driving it, when I reflect back, it really feel, feels like I was coming from a place of fear. Um, so much fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And even even though I had been to the fertility clinic and wanted to freeze my eggs, I wasn't totally clear that it was something that I wanted to do on my own.
0: Um, having the baby
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. parenting on my own. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, there is a poem. I, one of my friends who listens to this podcast, she, it's so pr- it's so potent for this moment and it's about the, I'm going to balk it up again because I'm not good at poetry, but it's about the road less traveled from. So you, you take Mm -hmm. one road or you take the other road and she said something really potent and I want to actually pull it up for you because I was, she said this in a text message to me. She says, well, also while we're in poetry, I think you should reread the road not taken more carefully I think you referenced it in a podcast. It is largely misinterpreted as saying that you should always take the road less traveled. It doesn't actually say that upon careful analysis. I think it's about the importance of making a decision and not regretting it. Even though the roads were actually equally trodden, basically, it doesn't matter what decision you make, you just make one. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Trust yourself because you can't go back. The writer doesn't really, I shall be telling this with a sigh, Knowing how way leads into way. I doubted if I should ever come back. So, and it's so true. So a couple of things that I noticed when you went through this, like that I personally learned and that I think that you should continually to personally learn is how, when we're in the chaos, how we consist, like there's a base frequency, which I'm always teaching about in mystical motherhood. There's a base frequency and, and we only know that frequency, and so then opportunities will arise in our life. Maybe we meet a spiritual teacher. Maybe we are invited to, like, a spiritual experience. Maybe, you know, maybe we have a yoga class. It's the most basic thing. And then after yoga class, we go drink. You know what I'm saying? That's, like, a really good example. Like, I'm feeling the best I'm going to do, so I'm going to go drink, like, a half a bottle of wine. So you go back to that base frequency, right? And so it happens specifically with men or with, um, with alcohol or, or with, with anything, Right? And I feel like this opportunity was it could have like gotten you out of the base frequency, right? But we, you, the the chaos is so hard. We were talking about it on the phone that one time. Remember how we mm-hmm. we like we lose our power when we walk into the chaos? Mm. Does this make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you maintain and contain yourself and control yourself when you're? all that you know is to walk back into that fire. Mm -hmm. So now that this decision has been made, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about you walking back into that fire.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I still want to get into this, but, and I wanted you to tell me the direction we should go. We're just talking right now. Mm -hmm. And does this make sense? I mean,
1: yeah, no, it comes up like even I'm supposed to go to New York this weekend and I'm like feeling all this anxiety about getting on the plane right now. And I just feel exhausted. And like, I just want to be home. I'm feeling like, Oh, I'm going to let these people down that I said I would come and like creating more chaos again. And I'm like, Oh fuck. These patterns are still so potent.
0: The need to create more chaos, right. And not going. I think
1: so. I mean, is it the chaos or is it like not letting other people down? Or is it like, I used to love to travel and adventure and a weekend away was never a big deal. And now after being home for a year with COVID, all I want to do is just be in my
0: garden. Well, a few things with that. I've noticed as I've written these books, trauma holds people in one spot and I didn't understand it, but as I've like looked Mm -hmm. at people with trauma and I've come out of my own trauma, so yeah. when I left my marriage, I was in New York and it was like the first time in my life. I literally, I couldn't drive. I was too afraid, of course, but I was petrified. I could barely, yeah. I didn't want to fly anywhere. I could just go downtown and then I could come back. And if I made it that far, I would come back, right? And then I noticed that I couldn't really get past New York. And before that, I was global. And then I, recognized right. I saw another person who had gone through trauma through a heart surgery and he couldn't leave his house. He really just couldn't, he really got, you know, he was Mm -hmm. really felt really, really safe there. And sometimes I feel like when we get into this traumatic response, we go into like um, fight or flight and there's a safety nest we are creating. Right. Mm -hmm. That could be one thing that's happening for you right now, which may be true, but also um, what is it in you? I, I mean, another thing to think about is I feel like every relationship we have So every relationship we have, like even with the man, even with the child, even with the thing, it's just all, it's all about creating a relationship back to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have these kind of chaotic experiences where you're always running, you're always moving, you're always thinking, how does that relate back to your experience of what, how you want to experience yourself? Mm -hmm. Does this make sense? So rather than Mm -hmm. like thinking like they're creating the chaos outside of me or the man is creating the chaos or that you know he's the one who kept coming at me, so then I had to have the abortion. But the baby you really wanted to have that way, right? Then, but you, but you kept allowing him in to reflect a part of yourself. Does this make? Does this a, a way of like helping you see it? Yeah, it takes a so lot. So I kept of allowing
1: like, him in to to create that chaos
0: in myself, essentially. Well, right, because because what happens as we're healing, is we always think it's always them. Does this make sense? Yeah. And we always do do that. I'm
1: aware it's somewhat me. Yeah. Right. But it's also like this familiar, there was probably some chaos in my upbringing, that I probably associate it with love or.
0: Of course. Yeah. We all have that. But that baseline frequency of the, the the needing to run, the needing to be free, or the, the, the not being able to be in the silence.
1: Sorry, I'm just writing things down. That's where I'm looking.
0: Hold on. Let me go inside for a second because I'm doing too much talking from my head. They're telling me that you didn't do anything wrong and they repeated that four times and I kept checking like if it was my mind saying that and it's not. Like you need to know that you didn't do anything wrong and when you were going through it, you were basically the equivalent of what you were feeling was like somebody was hammering you into a coffin alive. That's what it felt like to you. And so like the only thing for you to do is to try to save your own life. That's what like, Mm -hmm. that's the energy of what you were going through. Like almost like, like complete panic inside of a coffin that somebody's nailing it down and it's the guy. And so I really want to talk about, let me see what what direction they want to go. You really need to release this man from your system. Cause it's like he could take you all the way into old age, and you will be that purple lady, like spinning thread. And you will be alone, almost waiting for him to arrive at your house. In that kind, that's the kind of energy it is. Does this make sense and feel accurate when we say this to you? in some ways. I mean, it may not, it may not feel that way, but it's sort of like, he'll be that haunting energy your whole life. Like, where is he? Do you, it's do you, so
1: interesting. Yeah. And yet I like choose to, I don't know what it is. The, the fact that I like choose to keep that in my life, it's almost a way that I create boundaries. I'm like, I can walk up to that cliff edge and I won't lose myself in it. And that's like my narrative. And that that's my way of like asserting myself or my power.
0: Like you think that's creating power when, um, yeah. that's your, that's an interesting, yeah,
1: that's an, an interesting.
0: So like your association word that powering, I chose, <laughs> I control a man sexually or he can come rub my feet or I get pregnant. And then I, the you know, like then he may be at my, whatever the thing is, we don't even know because it's so subconscious. Right.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So uh,
1: yeah, I don't even know. Like I said, power and, There's probably some truth to why I chose that word. Um
0: but what it really is, is lack of intimacy. And when you really intimate, like the I I believe that true intimacy, true intimacy comes from like deeply connecting to the heart. Mm -hmm. And true intimacy doesn't really also come in the form of just a male and female.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: true intimacy comes like it begins to flow through every relationship you have with everyone when the mind is free. And it's not necessarily in the moments of chaos in New York City, like with our friends running around, right? Like Mm -hmm. though that may feel like what intimacy is, the parts of ourselves that are not truly intimate are the parts like the parts that don't want to tell this story. You know, there's a lot of people that don't tell who they really are they don't Mm -hmm. want anyone to know and I'm sure like not everybody knows about this relationship correct
1: not everyone well plenty of sure hasn't told anybody he Mm -hmm. hasn't told anybody yeah but most of my friends do
0: and do you have another lover
1: I don't have anybody right now did you when you were with So, I mean, I guess it's been a year and a half since we sort of commenced this. I mean, the first time we slept together was 20 years ago and we've been friends and we've been backcountry ski partners and buddies for years. Um, and then this transitioned after a conversation about open marriage and he said he had an open marriage and sort of pursued me. Um, and it really surprised me, uh, but
0: Does he yeah, have an open I, marriage, though? No. Yeah, no, of course he doesn't. Right. No one really has an open marriage. I mean, maybe Some in New York, do. and, like, they're on dating apps together. Have you seen those? Oh, videos? yeah. <laughs> well, I, have,
1: I have friends who do that. But, yeah, it's, I mean. Um, yeah, when, I mean, when you brought up intimacy, I did, I was sort of feeling right around the new year, like I needed to pull away from him that I didn't want to keep sleeping with him. Um, that there was some emptiness to it. And I started sleeping with an old friend. And I think because we were so close, there was just this intense intimacy. Um, and I, after sleeping with him, I was like, Oh, that's like, I remember that's what that that feels like. And so I didn't want to keep sleeping with the married guy anymore. And I had sort of sworn off of it. And then the other guy disappeared or dropped off for a little while. And I was feeling, uh, I was wanting to have sex, whatever that represents either like the need to feel desired because of insecurities or whatever it is.
0: I mean, I think every um, human wants to have sex. There's nothing wrong with that, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: we don't make, we can't make, can't make it all into a thing. But I can tell you from my exploration of unavailable men that the unavailability right? yeah, totally. self- is in you first, right? and then the self worth is in you first. Totally. Once you begin to really let go of those unavailable men, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to, and there's a great book, which I've put in my Alchemy of Becoming book, and it's How to Spot a Dangerous Man Before You Get Involved.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's like, I, I want you to read this book. I know I picked it up. You got it. Did you read it from Alchemy of Becoming? Or did I tell no, you? No,
1: you had told me. You told me to, yeah.
0: Um, anyone who's listening, I give it to everybody in my clinic. Like, I'm literally like, here, take this book. Mm-hmm. And it, it tells you because we're not really taught, like, this is dangerous. Like, we think we don't know what love is. We're like little children when it comes to these kind of things. Um, but I want you to just know about his energy is it's due. He's so dual. The person he is with you is he's... not the person he's at home. And though you think you know him, you do not men that do that kind of things. He has a completely secret life.
1: Yeah. And all that's fine. And I, I just think, I mean, I also don't want to blame him. Like it's my choice to walk into that fire. And I, there was something about me that was knowing I didn't want full commitment or full intimacy or ultimately full vulnerability. That is what you can get from somebody who's not emotionally available or who's still married. And so, I, I take ownership that that was my choice. And at the beginning, it it really worked. It was like, I want to be on my own. I want to do my own thing, but I still want to love her. And, and I guess looking back, that's part of what comes up for me is I think, oh, shit, he could have just been my sperm donor. Like, I could have just used it for that. But it felt like so much more. There was well, so much more chaos and I couldn't see clearly. And I think part of it it was in part the pregnancy hormones uh, and just being so
0: I mean a so lot of whack. You have to be prepared for the fact that someone's gonna be a sperm donor. It's it's really like you have to, you know, there it's a psychological preparedness because you had an intimate relationship with this man. And so you desire to have something more with him, actually. So there is a part of you, it what we happen with any woman is what are you gonna do now? Like, are you gonna come and support us? Right? You do it for your other woman, right? Why not me? I know. And I don't mean to contradict
1: you. I just, I don't know if that was really there because the time, the time it happened that we slept together was after sleeping with that other guy. And I swore off sleeping with this guy. And then one more time when I was feeling insecure and I almost felt like the intimacy of the relationship with the other guy, like made me ovulate or made me open up to this. And that it it wasn't even his energetically or something. I mean, that's a little
0: esoteric, but I completely hear you. And I think conception is a funny thing because it's really just your energy. And, and it's really like, it's really the miracle of you. And it's like, sometimes I wonder if there's even sometimes it's going to sound crazy. Like, is there even sperm involved? You know, like it's weird. It's like a, I mean, there used to not be. So why couldn't that? I don't know. It's just conception is very energetic And the more energy you have in the moment, the more likely you are to conceive, I think. And that's what my work is all about. But hold on, let me see what they want to do because we're doing so much talking and I didn't know we would be doing that. I didn't- I know, sorry, we can- No, if you want to continue talking, I'm happy. I just want to make sure that you feel that we, after we've talked, that you feel a release. You know, like this was a really heavy, heavy experience- like, yeah, I
1: don't know if I need to talk more. I mean, I I mean, I I don't know. I could talk and talk, but I also can talk myself in spirals. I th- and I do feel like I want to have a release. Like I don't want my stepbrother died a couple of years ago, and I felt this sadness, and it fully manifested in my lungs. Like I got a pulmonary embolism. And so I just feel like I don't want this to take residence in my body,
0: the grief. And what part of it are you grieving? Motherhood. My chance at motherhood. The chance at motherhood. And mm-hmm. so I remember when, I, when we spoke and, and you told me I have a very low AMH level. And I said, if you decide to let this baby go, you would likely have an easier chance getting pregnant with the donor egg, right? Mm -hmm. And you said, that was fine. Do you remember? And you said, that's fine. That's fine with me. And I said, don't, and I almost think I probably said, don't forget that. Like if so, and I also said to you, uh, I'm a huge fan of donor eggs. I love them. I think they're so special. And I think they're such a great gift. And I also believe that we can epigenetically program our own children. And I think that pregnancy is pregnancy. And then sometimes people create so much chaos around the motherhood about becoming a mother, right? And I said to you, I don't want you to go back, you know, like you to, to let the baby go and then go back and actually find a sperm donor that's disconnected from the man who tried to put you in the coffin energetically. Um, if you do find a, a sperm donor, right? In whatever form that sperm donor comes, which we should talk about. Just so you know, like the legalities of different ways of doing it. Um, I don't want you to like go many, many cycles at an IVF center. And then, because I think if you took some time in about six months or even less, you would gain a lot of self-worth and self-love for yourself. Like it's almost like you can be reborn now. It's like he buried you and you can now resurrect. But you have an opportunity to not go back into the chaos with him. And I know you're likely texting with him and I know because it's so hard to break it. It's so hard. The hardest thing you'll ever do is, is jump timelines. It is like jumping timelines. And I'm focusing on him because he's not going to allow you to get your dream. Mm-hmm. He's never going... He's one of your biggest subconscious problems of getting that goal to motherhood, right?
1: Maybe. I mean, I feel like I'm my biggest barrier, but yeah. But
0: you're, you're, your biggest thing, but why then? Like, then look, let's say if you, okay, you're the biggest barrier to, let's say you believe you're the biggest barrier to it. How do you create the barriers around you or for, to create that, right? You've got to actually mm-hmm. physically manifest them. Hmm. Right. So one of the physical, the ways you physically manifest them is you maybe you know, stay in physical contact with the man that you could have, you know, like that, didn't work out with right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um there's so many ways that we do that there's so many ways we walk back into the fire but this after this there's no other way you could possibly get burned you pretty much got burned the worst way other than the wife will find out do you know what i mean like then he gets burned Mm -hmm. but so just on a practical terms about motherhood your journey to motherhood, it doesn't have to be over unless you want it to be. And that's basically like the poem of like, you can take the road that you, you know, you let the child let that. I don't even think it was a child to me. They're just, it's just cells until the 120th day. I do not mm-hmm. believe in any shape, manner, form. There's a, a soul inside. Mm-hmm. Um and I've seen it; it sells. So you do become attached to it, and you are you are in your hormones, and you know there is a future potential. But it's not like you know you. There to me, it wasn't a full baby, you know. But that I don't know if that makes you feel any better. But you made that decision. But I don't think the motherhood journey is over because I work in places that the motherhood journey is never over, right? But I also don't want you to go on for years. And then neurotically churn in not having motherhood. Does this make sense? So sometimes the 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 demon is I you know I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. And so you neurotically churn within it. And then you you then when you want to have it, you make it even like like the people that wait to have babies, and then they come in the office around like age forty one or forty three, and they're like, I'm going to have a baby right now. And then they try for many, many years and they continue that chaos. So they make the event chaotic, right? To give you an example, like a 43 year old has a 1% chance of having a baby. That's the real, the real honesty of it. If they use their own eggs and they try to have a baby with their own eggs at the age of 43, they have the highest percentage rate chance they have to have a baby is 5%. So age really matters, and it's something that's not really talked about ovarian health really matters. And so for you, like if you were to try, you could essentially go in and try doing IUIs and by picking a donor, you would, the, you would never know who the father is by sexually having sex with a man, you know, like find, you know, the guy you're having sex with or you finding one that maybe you become pregnant with, he won't have any rights over the baby if you don't put him on the birth certificate so that's another thing that women really, really miss on the legality of it. If you don't put him on the birth certificate, the baby is essentially yours. You can travel anywhere you want with the baby. You don't give the baby the last name. So the baby is all yours unless he takes you to court one day and has to go through hooplaws to do so. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, with the donor egg, is this something you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Is something interesting to you? With a donor egg, basically, you're taking an egg from a woman who's less than thirty, because maybe your egg, you know, egg health is your 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 egg reserve is low, and you don't want to go through the chaos of trying over and over. Or you don't want to go through the chaos of of um, doing it with a man and trying with him, like you know. So you take an egg from a younger woman, or an embryo from a couple. An egg, and you can pick the sperm of the man, so you can actually pick the sperm. And you put that embryo inside of you and you grow that baby. So that embryo is essentially going to be that you know, a, a much healthier chromosomally normal embryo. And then you're creating it in your body, which I believe epigenetically can overprogram a lot of things. And then you have your baby. So, so there's no way, shape, or manner or form that your motherhood journey is over. I think that the relationship with the man. And the chaos that you went through can be over. How does that feel when we say that to you? It's a whole different way of looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking?
1: Um, I mean, I want the chaos to be over. It it almost feels like an addiction or something. <laughs> I was uh-huh. thinking about that earlier, but I get like it. The chaos created by indecision must release some sort of hormones that I'm somehow addicted to in some way. So
0: that's where your okay. So what's your what's your that and so where yeah. does it come from?
1: Because we or, all have a little or he represents adventure or something, right? I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah, we can go with the chaos thing.
0: So when you feel chaos. where like where are your favorite places of where the chaos is like where like if it's not just with him because with him he kind of remit he reminds me of like two people like um like almost like you never know who you're going to get one or two huh does this make i don't know so so when you're taught like when i look at his energy it's like you don't know who you're really going to get with him it feels like i know he it's like because it cl- clearly when you were, when you became pregnant and he responded in a way that was unusual for you, he became an entirely different human, right? It
1: felt like things, it, right? yeah. He was going through his own like, oh shit, moments of like the repercussions of his actions, yeah. But he also... I don't know. It's, I feel like he never had to deal with the repercussions of his actions. It was all on me. The sadness is on me. He's like, I feel sad. I think about this three out of every five seconds. That's a lie. You know, we cried about it. He cried about it. And I'm just sort of like, yeah, but you're not, you're not dealing with any of the repercussions of it. Like it's not affecting your future. Like you got off scot-free. Your wife didn't find out. Um, I mean, I definitely verbalized all that, and, and, and could could see the instance. I mean, you know, knew
0: not knew not to fully believe it. Is your mother married? No. What age did she get divorced?
1: mother my mother's story is interesting and i think it's kind of what i'm carrying yeah um,
0: i hear, i feel that so what age did your mother divorce or leave the dad or whoever my dad yeah
1: um how old was she or how old was i she, i was um maybe 44 they separated when i was like six did she
0: go directly into another relationship
1: my dad probably yeah not immediately um they didn't leave because he cheated on her at all i know um but then she remarried and that is why she got divorced the second time
0: so she um, okay. because she was cheated on she was cheated on okay mm-hmm.
1: Which I think is why she was always like really protective of me in this relationship and like you gotta get out of it or
0: Oh, so you're playing out the thing of the mom. Okay, because it's like they it keeps going back to your mom in my mind's eye.
1: Oh, so, there's a lot with my mom. I mean, yeah. So
0: you know about generational patterns and you yeah. know in so many ways that we often the souls, I'm assuming you know this, come in and repeat them. And and we're and they and it's so effing frustrating because this is like what I call the original wound and this is one of yours and you just went into it in a very deep way and it would be interesting I mean I doubt she ever got pregnant but like um man that must have just triggered the that's that's huge okay let me read her energy She says a deep sadness for what happened with you. Though I don't know, if she's even telling you that.
1: I had to pull it out of her. I was like, oh, "Mom, yeah, like I'm so sad. Can you like?" This. It's empathize so
0: profoundly deep.
1: And she's like, "I can't carry that for you." And I'm like, "Can you? Are you at least sad about this?" She's like, "Yeah, I am deeply sad." I'm like, "Then can you show up and hold that space with me?" I mean her emotional vocabulary is definitely limited and it it makes it challenging for us to communicate and connect um the fact that she's the one that drove me to the abortion i like feel triggered around almost blame her or you know i don't blame her but want to for not seeing my anxiety around it and choosing to turn the car around or um yeah there's a lot I I mean I wanted her to like fully support me in being a single mom and I was surprised that she didn't and that that really weighed on me because I wanted her support and I I wanted her support energetically but I also would have needed it just physically you know like helping raise this child
0: your relationship with this man mirrors your relationship with your mother in so many like really really low unconscious ways that it's very hard for you to even see it because your biggest awakening will come through the recognition of that like the way you know how he's not doesn't really respond to the they almost responded in similar ways like, it, and not like it perfectly, but like the way, like if you're with a, if your mother and you can't really connect with her and you can't really emotionally connect with her, you're naturally going to pick a partner that you don't have to emotionally connect with. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What age was it at when you, um, when your mom married the man and then he had the affair? How old were you? High school. And, and was, was it public to you or did you find out later? Or did you sort of know?
1: I think it was public to me. They divorced when I was in college.
0: That's a big deal.
1: I guess it could be. It never felt like much of a big deal.
0: Never does until it comes <laughs> up in your own life. It never does until you experience it and you're like, what the fuck? Hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Just like you having an affair with this man doesn't seem like a big deal to you. It's sort of like, do you I see how I
1: didn't feel like an affair? I was like,
0: Oh, we're having, we have an open relationship. Like I'm with somebody. It's an somebody affair. Marriage. You're having an affair. And so your consciousness and, and there's no judgment from that. It's just the fact that's what's happening. And so the part of you, so the unnumbing of your heart will come with to see what what like that this isn't intimacy and that what the marriage that your mom was in wasn't intimacy either. Does that make sense because it's like as a little girl our only way so, like we have there's different ways to react to things, right? There's you know there's the crying and screaming and then there's this like the compl- or there's a you know or complete avoidance. There's the re- reminiscing where you never never get over it. There's all kinds of ways the human reacts and there's also compartmentalizing. And so my sister described it really well because I met a man that really compartmentalizes everything. So mm-hmm. there's an inner circle, there's an outer circle, and then there's an outer circle. And you have to look at your inner circle and who really knows you. And so when mm-hmm. you begin to car- come, when you go through trauma or anything you compartmentalize, so everything becomes sort of like this, like, like you don't recognize like the pattern that there is this deeper pattern and it, it didn't bother you then. And so why would it bother you now? And so that's why it even feels normal to be in it. Mm. And that, because it's sort of like, well, my mom, because if, if they had, he had the affair in high school, they didn't get divorced till college. She didn't go anywhere really for a while. Right. Oh no.
1: She, I think she found out about it when I was in college and left him right away. Like, okay. But it was
0: happening in high
1: school. I think they got married when I was in high school. I don't know if the affair was going on there. Hmm. I was so in my own thing I mean I I don't know (laughs) I mean in terms of yeah I think it could be tied to that I also like my last big seven-year relationship um I guess he never fully had an affair but it was always feeling like he was having that Try, like wanted to have affairs or interested in other women. And ultimately that was why I left. And so, so that's a flip My of it. reflection. That's what comes back to me is what am I doing in seeking this out by being that other woman? Am I like trying to hold that, that power or am I trying to understand it
0: more? You're trying to understand what drives it. Mm-hmm. You're flipping it on it. And consciousness is so, mm-hmm. so, so interesting in that way. Like, Cause you're, you're so, almost on an urge of like, I mean, you can look at it so many ways, but we, but from the moment, like we spoke, it was sort of like, I, I lost the first thing you said to me when you had that abortion, as you said, I lost my power.
1: Yeah.
0: And I thought that was such an interesting way of putting it because you, it's like, that's how you perceived it. There's all kinds of ways to perceive it. Like you could be like, I'm in total grief, or I did what exactly what I needed to do. Or I feel very powerful because I made the right decision. And you just said, Mm. I lost my power and I let everybody outside of me control my actions. And in the way that you're allowing the man to, if you allow him to come back, which I know you will, if you don't completely cut him from you, is you'll lose your power again. And so it's the guiding voice inside of you that says, no, that's not the right place to go. That doesn't feel safe. Like, I don't want to go to New York right now because it's going to be chaotic and I really actually just went through something big and I need to self-soothe, right? So, the, so you have to like figure out who's talking, how old is the little girl within you speaking sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So when you're in indecision... In how do you figure that out? Well, first off, you need to go in a deeper, deeper healing process and the deeper, deeper healing process is often done in isolation. And it's done with a lot of inner work, a lot of inner peeling back and you begin to call in guides to help you. And if you just found me, your process is for sure beginning and you have an option to to start it, right? And everyone says, oh, I think I've done a lot of work. Oh, come on, right? So there's always more to do. And sometimes with the the level of indecision, when I read your energy, it's like uh, the little, like the part of you that like, is still play, like part of you is like, I want to be a mother. So there's the, what they're showing me is there's, I don't know what the stages of development are, but like the, the maiden, the mother and the crone. And it's funny because I saw you as the crone still looking towards that man in the beginning. That was a vision of part of this, right? Oh God, maiden, I hope not. Mother, <laughs> crone. You are still the maiden urging to go to the mother with the crone haunting you. And it's part of your consciousness is worried about skipping the mother and just being the maiden to the crone and being the maiden your whole life. So when you're in that moment of indecision, it's like you haven't matured. In, and the mother can be in so many forms. It doesn't have to be in motherhood. It could be like you fully go into your midwifery practice and you take that on as your power. And so you begin to mother like 25 Thousand babies, and you're like, I'm going to fully go into this and I'm going to birth something pr- fantastic through my career, something different, something new. I want to burst on something beautiful, right? Now, that's also going into motherhood. You know, and, and mm-hmm. everyone could do it in a, in a really cool way, like creating a company. That's a form of motherhood, as long as you don't, you know, go neurotic with like all the other things around it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of ways to look at like moving into that phase what you're wanting, which is almost like that maturity level, right? And finding your own power. Mm -hmm. And so for you, you need to look at all the places that you give your power away Mm -hmm. and that you, you think, and you feel that you're not. What's the big deal? I mean, it. if, I mean, right. When you allow him back into your house, you're giving your power away because he tried to put you in a coffin. That's not a very nice thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so right then you you will grow. Your little girl will begin to heal because you'll say it's not okay to treat me that way. Mm-hmm. And so the, the part of you that's an in indecision even about going on a trip to New York is the little girl and the woman who, the woman who knows that she would like to just like stay home, get a massage go to yoga, make her dinner for the week. But then there's still the the partier or the, you know, the younger girl that's like, I actually want to go play. I want to go do these things. I want my freedom. I don't really Mm want to be, you know, this, you know, in this place. So you're in this dichotomy of like, which road do you want to take? What are you thinking as we say this? Is this hitting you somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. How do you give your power away? How do you go back into the chaos? How many times a day? How many times a week? How many times a year?
1: Yeah, I wrote that down, like, what to look at. How do, how do I give it away? Um, I mean, I think even in, like, being stuck in a job that it's the, depletes me energetically, Mm -hmm. gives my
0: power away okay so write that down so because these are the things like now that you've made the decision not to keep the baby we've got to get you into your power and you have to Uh do this and and you have to say like i am going to work on myself three hours a day Uh and i'm going you know and people like are like yeah i want to do spiritual work it's like okay then go heavy go you know go heavy or go home I know it's like I have this week off work and so
1: I was like oh I'll travel right like I, I have this habit of filling it with adventure and I'm like oh deep down I just want to like spend three hours journaling a day and like on my pottery wheel and like enjoying home
0: then maybe this is your choice to do so and maybe you just say like you know what I can't go and then there's a, that's a huge way of bringing your power back and you and it's so scary because it's like I just spent my money on that Maybe you go to New York and you spend the time alone.
1: I know, but it's so nice here in Colorado in this. But
0: yeah. 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 Then you have to decide, but like yeah. in the the knowing of the thought process of what to do. And that's why I gave you Lacey Phillips work. It's so profound. Right. right. And, and Kundalini so profound. And I mean, there's one that she has in there where you listen and it's like, Uh, answers and clarity and even me and i i'm pretty good about my knowing and i'll go into the answers and clarity and i'm like dang you know what i mean like it's like it's a strong yes or no if you have the thing just go on listen to answers and clarity you'll know from that and then what when you give your power away is when you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it say that again when you give your power away It's what you know what you're supposed to do, and then you don't follow through with what's right for you. You follow through Mm -hmm. with what's right for another.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's because of maybe guilt, shame, programming. Like maybe when you were younger, you always had to tell, if your mom wanted you to go with her shopping, you had to go and you couldn't, you know what I mean? Or she like wanted to have you sleep in her bed because she didn't want to be alone. Or like there's different things that people do. And so you have, then in those moments, you give your power away you give your energy away for your parents.
1: Right. It's to like oh, the it decision of like the pros of like how it serves others best.
0: Yeah. And so then like, who is
1: most benefited by this action rather than like just me. But I think that is old patterning. I mean, I think that's like, and that's codependency. Partly why people go into nursing, <laughs> you know, but growing up, my mom was an alcoholic. So it definitely, I have that patterning of, of, that inconsistency that like I just have to um I don't know if it's people pleasing but something like that
0: well you're just trying to get their love and it's a lot easier for you to be with a man that's completely unavailable because that's what your mom did was Like she's available sometimes when she's sober and she's there, but then she's not available other times. And she's still the same way because that's her baseline frequency. And the only way for you to change this in your life. And so like, basically, if you would have had that baby, you're basically walking, you were walking, you weren't prepared to change that baseline frequency from where you were. And that's why you felt like you were getting into a coffin, right? But your motherhood journey is not over unless you want it to be over. Mm-hmm. You can still have a baby.
1: Totally. And, and the other thing that I'm focusing on right now, I mean, yes, I'm proud. Like if we think of that mother made in Chrome um, linearly, I feel like even just being pregnant, I was having that experience of mothering. And, and not that I'm like taking ownership that I stepped into that really important role of motherhood but I feel like I had a taste of it and that I feel committed to even like mothering myself, um, as part of this transition or this grief process that I'm going through. And when I was pregnant, I loved even just like food choices, like what serves me and the, and the little spirit. Um, and that was what I missed so much was, this like higher purpose almost and that and so not having that the future felt really empty um and so i have been trying to shift my narrative to still hold space for that purpose of like mothering myself and and that i'm worth that um and that ebbs and flows you know in terms of being able to actually do that but
0: well, that's, like thats
1: the journey I'm on right now.
0: That's the mothering yourself is—is is the journey to the the mother role, right? And so most people have a baby and then they then the the, the freakout's going to happen unless you have some amazing mother and you're totally prepared and you're a really balanced human. Basically, you move in. This is why I wrote my books: is you move into motherhood and then you're like, oh my god, I didn't realize how much I have to heal, mm-hmm. right? And so if you do it before you're a mother, which this child may have triggered you, so this child has a high potential of coming back, especially if we do it the ways we talked about, mm-hmm. um, and you will have that space that you walk into it in an entirely new frequency if you do the work for it. So what might have happened in a total chaotic way may bring a general peace to your life if you choose to take that option, that specific road toward, forward, right? Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so when I say the indecision comes from like actual age age gaps within you and this is also in my books particularly fertile and also alchemy becoming it's really really in there and but until you go through it you can't really understand it but it's you have these traumas at specific ages. And so you basically have glitches in your system. And then when you're in the indecision or you're in the moment of like going back to the guy or you're in the thing, the chaos, you're glitching. It's like Mm -hmm. basically like a glitch in a tech technology, like Mm -hmm. you're a piece of technology and you glitch back to age 14 and so like you can't decide if how old am I? Like am I am I thirty, you know, thirties or am I my 14? Am I thirties? Am I 14? Right. And then the real wholeness, when you go moving into wholeness, you move into the heart center, is you you become your age or you become ageless. And Mm -hmm. so you have to, when you begin to mother yourself, you have to go back into all those ages and almost like, would you put icing on a cake? You have to mother the little girl within you at the ages that she was so deeply hurt so that those little girls don't need to be fed first. Mm. Because those little girls, they always want to be fed first. They live in your field. And they're mm-hmm. going to look at the guy in front of you and be like, you don't love me because you're going back to your wife, right? But they're 14. It's like, no, mommy, you don't love me because you're picking the alcohol over me. Mm-hmm. So the little girl sitting in front of you, almost like a projective experience, and you're only seeing the man in front of you as your mother. Because, and, and, and that's your field of consciousness because you still have such subconscious gunk that hasn't been healed. You then experience him As your mother, and you're always going to try to get love from him. So you're not going back to him because you love him. You're going back to him because you want your love from your mom. Mm -hmm. The little girl is looking to be healed and she needs to be fed first. Mm -hmm. Does this make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Or am I going over your head right now? No, no. Okay. So the work is... Reprogramming all those years, and there's meditations you can do. There's you know, there's so many things out there, you have to pick your modality. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little bit from someone else's story. Uh, If you want to purchase any of my books, please go to www.mysticalmotherhood.com. All of my books, Alchemy Becoming, Fertile. mystical motherhood in every single course and how to work with me privately or in possible groups is on my website. You can email me there and all of the links are below. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating. It really, really helps. Thanks so much.